This is an Area Code podcast. What seems to be your trouble? I feel depressed. I know I should be happy, but I'm not. Well, as they say on TV, the mere fact that you realize you need help indicates that you are not too far gone. I think we better pinpoint your fears. If we can find out what you're afraid of, we can label it. Actually, Lucy, my trouble is Christmas. I just don't understand it. Instead of feeling happy, I feel sort of let down. You need involvement. You need to get involved in some real Christmas project. How would you like to be the director of our Christmas play? Me? You want me to be the director of the Christmas play? Sure, Charlie Brown. We need a director. You need involvement. Hi, I'm Richard Clark. And I'm Bethany Perkins. We love pop culture. And we love the Enneagram. We are obsessed. That's why we're hosting a podcast where we can get it all out of our system. This is No Chill Enneagram Watch Party. A safe space for Enneagram and pop culture fanatics. And a pretty great idea for a podcast. Everybody, you're listening to No Chill Enneagram Watch Party. Um, I'm Richard Clark. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm here as always with as Bethany always. Perkins. Hey, Hi. Bethany. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm in the it's Christmas spirit. Good. I can tell by your Christmas sweater. My sweater and think, the tree behind me. I think that sweater is in the genre of ugly Christmas sweater, but it's not. I ugly. know. I think it's kind of cute, but every yeah. time I wear it, people are like, oh my gosh, I love your ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> I hate that, that we do that now. I Just know. every Christmas sweater has to be ugly yeah. by default, which is very rude in my it opinion. It is very rude. So first of all, this is our Christmas special. We do these every year, and this year... We just snuck it in at the beginning of the season. We were talking yep. about when do we start the season, and we were like, well, we're doing a Christmas special, right? And we were we like, oh, to. we are? And I guess we have to. We have signed that contract back in the day. <laughs> with Santa. So, <laughs> with Santa. <laughs> so, um, well, let's introduce the concept of Watch Party. So basically, Watch Party is like every week we talk about a different show or, or movie. movie. So this week we're going to talk about man we spent way too long agonizing over what these two movies would be. We did, but we don't necessarily need to let everyone know that. Oh okay, okay. Well we <laughs> we agreed right off the bat that we would talk about so these easy two movies. And so passionately. I mean, to be fair, I do think Charlie Brown Christmas was a no-brainer a little bit, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. We everyone loves Charlie Brown Christmas and it, there's a lot to say about mm-hmm. it. So that's what we're going to talk about first and then mm-hmm. next later on we're going to talk about Jingle Jangle, everyone's favorite new Christmas hit. Yep. All right. So, for Charlie Brown Christmas, I thought we'd start by just telling people how they could watch it. It's tough, guys. Go to the yeah. library and rent the DVD or it's like on YouTube actually. It is? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Wow. Okay. Apparently, it's on YouTube illegally. In, in clips. And then you can also just go on Apple TV Plus and they have it for a period of time for like a yeah. window. And then it yeah. moves on to some other service. Oh, really? 
I think so. I think maybe Go like... on Apple T- Get Apple TV if you don't have it for two purposes. Mm-hmm. Charlie Brown Christmas and Ted, Ted Lasso. Ted freaking Lasso, which, which we'll I, be talking about I later. I just finished. Oh, so I'm, I'm two s- episodes in and loving it for sure. I just finished it like just before this and wow. I'm excited. Last bit of ho- housekeeping. I almost said homekeeping. <laughs> Last bit of, <laughs> bit of housekeeping. Before we launch into this thing, we are going to like be continuing things on our Patreon every other week. Is that what we decided? I think. Sure. Because We don't know, but it'll be at least every other week. And we're going to do some fun, different stuff for the Patreon people. We've got a lot planned. Like if there's ever anything that's not a show or a movie that we want to talk about, say Ariana Grande's new album, then we'll be talking about it there. We're also going to (laughs) give Patreon people the chance to help us choose what to watch. Yes. And we're going to host some watch parties this season, I think. Not just for Patreon people, but for everybody. Mm -hmm. We're going to get on Instagram live and just like turn on a show at the same time and watch it together. And I don't know. Let us know what that should be. Because I yeah. have no idea. Probably seasonal stuff. I could see us doing that for seasonal things. like Yeah, yeah. Valentine's Day or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We're open to to your ideas. All right. Our first segment is called Describe the Thing in Nine Words. Nine words because there's nine Enneagram types. If yeah, you don't get that think, joke, you shouldn't be listening we'll to this it. podcast. Yeah. All right. We both decided that we would do this not on the air, like Mm -hmm. come up with our nine words not on the air because there's nothing more boring than (laughs) listening to people say um a lot and try to think of things. Yeah. And then like edit sentences like goodness. So I have mine. You have yours. Yep. We're doing Charlie Brown's Christmas first. What do you have as your eight words for? Nine. Nine words of for Charlie Brown's Christmas. Charlie Brown is sad about Christmas and wonders why. Oh, that's good. Thank I you. I like that open-ended thing. I struggled with whether to include the ending in these. And by mm. the way, like probably, probably we're gonna spoil everything we talk. We're about. gonna spoiler alert for everything. I don't want to have to worry about spoilers. Yeah. So yeah. just. And why would you listen to it if you hadn't watched it yet? So yep. just watch it. So in, in determining whether or not I, I, I go from beginning to end or just like set the setup, I, I basically just decided whatever fits the artistry of what I'm trying to do. So in this one, <laughs> I, I did boy is sad, but he just needed a reminder. Hmm. That's mine. Isn't it crazy that there is a Christmas special where the entire plot is a boy is sad? Mm-hmm. And it's it's an iconic Christmas special. Yeah. Like, it's the one. It's the one. Yeah. Yeah. It was... I can't remember the last time I ever watched Charlie Brown Christmas. So I was watching it with new eyes and wow. It was a lot. Did you like it? I did. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I did. It, you, when you say it was a lot, I mean, that's that's meaningful. The messages what does that were mean? very strong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. very strong. First of all, you don't see a lot of things where it's like a child 
dealing with seasonal depression. Yes. Like he literally is like using the word depressed and he's like, yeah. I am depressed and I don't know why. Yeah. That's not a very common thing that you see. Yeah. And the anti like commercialism mm-hmm. like theme throughout. Can I also just say, like, the extent of the meanness of his friends? They are brutal. It is really hard to they watch. They are so mean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was shocked. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But it felt very, in a way, it felt real. It's almost like that's how he feels about how people were reacting. Like, the moment when they all laugh at his dumb tree. Mm-hmm. And they call him names one after the other. Felt like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like felt like a nightmarish moment. Yeah. In the show, like it, it didn't feel exactly grounded in reality, but it felt real, right? It felt. Yeah. Like it was truthful to who what he was thinking. And the ending was so. It was just such a sharp like pivot from yeah. they all treated him like crap the entire movie yeah. and then at the very last second they're literally like you blockhead charlie brown and then uh-huh. they sing they then they're all friends and so then they sing him a song it's very weird it's very weird and it's hard to explain like why anything is happening and yeah. i actually like watched this for the first time through the lens of the Enneagram mm-hmm. this year. And I've watched this every year. Like, it is by far my favorite movie. And I think we'll talk about why. But, like, watching this... And I've... Uh, look, I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. I've always felt that Charlie Brown was a four. I think Absolutely. everyone sees this coming. Like That is... That's big. A fact. I was bowled over by some other Enneagram revelations, personally. Wow. And I'm excited to talk about this. Okay. Because... It got me thinking not just like – like it got me – first of all, it made me feel better about this segment. It's called Let's Type the People in This Thing. It's about more than typing people in things. It's about saying this number does this for this number, right? Mm, yeah. And that and – that, like these these – Popular culture characters are archetypes, right? In mm-hmm. a way. And certainly Charlie Brown is the archetype of like the the heart. Maybe you could say the heart triad in Christmas, right? Like in a way he feels like he could be a two. He could be what's another heart triad? Is it all three? Two, three, four? <laughs> yeah. Just making sure I remember correctly. I gotta go to the expert. A little on that rusty one. over there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since I've talked a lot about about the Enneagram in earnest, but I, I think like in some ways, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. He's the archetype for fours at least. Yeah, at least maybe yeah. maybe the heart triad. Yeah. Yeah. So or just people with depression. And yeah. Christmas, obviously, we don't want to oversimplify. Yeah. Right. All right. So we agree on Charlie Brown as four. Absolutely. Snoopy. I think he's the next obvious person to talk about. Snoopy. What? He's a seven. I think he's a seven, right? Yeah. I mean, he's just wants to do shit, right? Like he just wants to distract himself, make jokes. Mm-hmm. He can't talk. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea what that means other than, but he's just, he's a very, he's not, he's not never sad. That's not, mm-hmm. not a, that's not an emotion in his tool belt. Yeah. I'm really fascinated by Lucy. Like, 
I had feelings about Lucy, and then I I just kind of lost. Is Lucy in the blue dress? Yeah, she's the one. She's the mean one who is a therapist, and yeah, and most of the like the the, the <laughs> mythos of Charlie Brown. She's always holding the football and taking it away when he tries. Oh to yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you think she is? I want you to go first on I this want- one because. I don't have strong feelings. Oh, I or maybe I'm torn between two. Numbers. Definitely think she's an eight. I think that's right. Yeah, part of me was like three because she, the way that she presents herself, she presents herself as a professional, <laughs> like in pretty yes, much every. I can see circumstance. that too. Yeah, I can see that too. But she, you know, she's like taking command and telling people what to do, and kind yeah. of a bully. Yes. Which, no offense, eights, but you know we're talking archetypes here. So, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, does she do anything for Charlie Brown? Like, is she useful in this? Is or is she just an antagonist? I really struggled with that. She's an antagonist. I think I wanted her to be more three dimensional, right? Like, I I wanted her to have. I don't know. Well, you know, it is like a 20 minute long children's cartoon. So there's so much (laughs) in this. (laughs) They do a lot with the 20 minutes, which is really impressive to me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm working up to Linus. I'm saving him for last. Okay. But Schroeder, any thoughts on Schroeder? Which one is he? Piano guy. (laughs) Piano guy. I literally wrote piano guy in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, I thought that he was a five because he's Mm. so quiet and he's just focusing on his craft and his skill, which is playing the piano. And he doesn't really say much and he kind of keeps himself. And yeah. The way that he interacted with Lucy was interesting. He clearly has no interest in Lucy, right? And Mm -hmm. she, she's, there is an interesting thing where she's kind of getting in the way of his competence, Mm -hmm. you know? And he, which is very five-ish. Like he has yeah. no interest in her distraction from yeah. He's trying him to being awesome at the piano. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Do you want to go with Linus? This is the big one for me. Yeah, I feel passionately that Linus is a nine. We're gonna fight. <gasps> uh oh. I get the blanket nine thing. I get it. Well, it's like literally a comfort object that he carries around. Okay. Yeah. I I I saw him as a 5. No. And here's why. Okay. Linus walks around like explaining like dropping knowledge. That is his whole <laughs> role. And and not just at the end, like in throughout the episode he is telling Charlie Brown like all kinds of stuff, like the tradition of so-and-so, like why things are the way they are. Mm-hmm. And I think what I found so inspiring about it was like th- there, he brings this four who's all wrapped up. In, and and I guess a nine, we can talk about like the difference differences between like how the nine and the five would do the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But, he manages to bring to the fore some amount of inarguable perspective to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I, well, nines I was, do see all sides of things. That's a really good point. Like nines are like, 
Yeah, like everyone's totally convinced about this, but actually there's a different side to this. So mm -hmm. I guess I could see it that way. There was something really striking to me about seeing Linus as a five because it just the pure raw knowledge and the value of that had never occurred to me before, right? Mm. And when Charlie Brown is all wrapped up in his feelings and convinced that everyone hates him, Linus's perspective is that doesn't matter. You know, like his perspective is that doesn't matter. Here is the, here's the big picture. And he sort of drops it, but I could see if I could see a nine doing the yeah, same thing. I think a nine absolutely would do that. And he would a five just always be there all the time following him question. around. That's a really good, <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good he's point. He's always there. Like, and he's a buddy and he's, he, just he hangs out with oh that's so nice Charlie Brown and he's just there and I think a five would be like mm, your feelings are a lot for me and I'm gonna go home so <laughs> you don't think a healthy five though there's something about a healthy five right that just says the truth right yeah yeah I think yes I don't know nine's got a six in stress and three in growth mm -hmm. which. Makes a lot of sense, I yeah. think. Yeah. Huh. Linus is a nine. I mean, he carries around comfort objects and yeah. sucks his thumb because he needs <laughs> yeah. comforting all the time. <laughs> That's true. That's really nice. Okay, well, nines and fives, I think, can be useful to fours. For sure. But probably nines, really. Yeah. Is there anyone else we need to talk about in that show? I mean, there's like Pigpen. There's like oh, the, these. Oh, the stuff. dirty kid. <laughs> the dirty kid. <laughs> That's Pigpen. Okay. How did we feel about Pigpen? Wait, what is you his? Go, uh, you go first. I feel like I don't I know. I have no for opinion. a lot of them. I put that he's also a four. No, did I? No, I put he's a seven. Pigpen's a seven. Yeah. He just doesn't care. <laughs> he's not interested in like the impact of his yeah Which refusal that is, to that take is a another shower wild thing about this little show is that he literally has like a moving dust cloud yeah. around him it's so gross well i mean the natural like conclusion you would come to is he's got a pretty tragic home life right mm -hmm. like yeah like he clearly has parents that don't care too much about yeah i mean but that's... he seemed pretty undeterred yeah like yeah yeah so you're saying seven yeah <laughs> the reality that i guess we should talk about is that not all of these kids are still in flux right like we're oh not, yeah they don't have numbers we're not yet. supposed to type suzanne stabile is here's losing how, her mind here's right how now. we get around it <laughs> okay they are how even old are they supposed to be? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Because they look like babies. Yeah. But <laughs> they're then drawn also, like babies with giant heads. Yeah. Yes. But Charlie Brown, at least, he has like the physique of like a fifty five year old man. Mm -hmm. Like he looks like he's balding and he has like a beer belly. Yeah, it's weird art. I think it's, it's very weird. I think it's deliberately meant to throw us off of like figuring out how old they are. Yeah, but Gotta I mean, be, all you have to do is I like, cannot tell you. I feel like you just find out how old are the voice actors, and that's probably it. 
Which is probably something like seven, eight, right? I don't know. Anyway. I can't. I'm a terrible judge of that. <laughs> Our next segment is called Life Wait, Advi- What? The Christmas tree. What number is the Christmas tree? The Christmas tree. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. It's a three. It's a three? It's a shapeshifter. It changes based on whatever anyone's desire is. At the end of the All show, right. yeah. it's, it's just totally a totally changed. different tree for no reason. They yep. literally, like, they're putting decorations on it, and it's all of a sudden a big tree. That's and I'm true. Like, that was that makes wild. No yeah, that was some Christmas magic. I, th- I don't know if three is the right number, but it's definitely whatever anyone needs it to be. Like, mm-hmm. that is the tree that it is. And mm-hmm. in that moment, it serves Is it a purpose. two? It's like, this is what you need. I think so I'll two, be that. Maybe. I think a, a two is more like answering the needs that people express, maybe. Mm-hmm. And a, <laughs> <laughs> the tree has some, like, secret knowledge of people's deepest needs. Oh, and twos have secret knowledge oh, okay. of people's needs. Oh, okay. people do not need to express to me. What their needs are for me to know. Spoken like a true two. Yes. <laughs> the tree's a two. All right. The tree's a two. With a three wing. With a three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. What wing does Charlie Brown have? It's mm. a five, right? There's no way he has a it's three. It's not a three wing. wing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. All right. The, uh, the next segment is called Life Advice Through the Lens of the Enneagram. We have brought it back from the last season, yeah. and um, we're going to apply it to these characters. Yep. I think there's really just one one problem here in this Charlie story. Brown? Yeah. Charlie Brown. And him being sad. And him being depressed. Yeah. But, I mean, he did get psychiatric help from... <laughs> I mean, we could go into life advice into his relationship with Lucy, which is, I'm just going to say one word, and it's boundaries. Mm-hmm. He needs boundaries with Lucy. He needs to cut her off completely. <laughs> cut toxic people out of your life, Yes, 100 100%. 100%. <laughs> cut yeah. her out. Because everybody else is mean, bullying, all of that stuff, but she is 100% toxic. Like, mm-hmm. And she does just enough to get to that point where you trust her a little bit, and then she yanks the ball away. Yeah, she's Tar- nice Charlie enough. Brown, just break up with Lucy, or whatever break you gotta do. Dump her. Yeah. Leave her in the snow. <laughs> the brown snow. The brown snow. The pig pen snow. Yeah. Was there, you want to talk about not being sad, Charlie Brown? Oh, yeah. Maybe we could help Pigpen. I don't know. He just needs to take a shower. I mean, it's pretty simple with Pigpen. Yeah. yeah. Go to your friend's um, house if you need Charlie to. Charlie Brown. Well, through the, I don't think that the movie addresses his sadness through the lens of the Enneagram. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. So That's why we're doing it. we got our work cut out for us yeah. here. Yeah. 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 I mean, I do think to some extent it is true that fours, when provided with clarity and like, like perspective is big for a four. Perspective Mm -hmm. is really big for a four. Getting outside of yourself. And frankly, Lucy isn't totally off base in her prodding him 
to do something for other people. Mm-hmm. And she even did a really interesting thing in the show, which is give him a leadership role, which I still don't really understand. Like, <laughs> like she seemed, she doesn't even treat it like you better not screw this up. She just gives him the director role as a matter of a fact thing. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, that's how you say it. As a matter of fact thing. <laughs> yeah. And and it's striking to me. It makes me wonder, like, is this an eight situation where the eight is just like, just go do the thing you need to do. And it seems mean in the moment. It seems a little presumptuous and bossy, but mm-hmm. it actually is like the right thing for Charlie Brown yeah. to do in that moment, which is basically direct all of his energies outside of himself into the yes. big picture and into this stage play yeah. or whatever it is. Her advice really was, I actually do agree with it. Like, do things for other people and do things outside of yourself. Like yeah. that is solid advice. Yeah. But still cut her out. She is toxic. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's that, that it's a trick, right? So she's doing one nice thing for you. So you'll have to be indebted to her and mm-hmm. she'll be like, but I made you, yeah. I put you in charge of this thing. Yeah. Any other life advice? No. All right. The, the next segment is called Who the Bleep Is It For? All right. Who's it for? Well, probably definitely for the feeling triad. So that's twos, threes, and fours. Part of me feels like it's a pretty good movie for a nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I think nines could relate. And it has this like quality of coziness, mm-hmm. you know, and certainly over the years, right? It's become a tradition now. Yeah. So that's it even more. But I think, yeah, there's something like inspiring for nines and for fours, there's something corrective. Inspiring for nines, corrective for fours. It okay. helps me every year. Like it reorients me, I think, mm-hmm. I would say, as a four. Yeah. Every year. Um, not just like this, the reason for the season, which is there, but also just the get out of your head mm-hmm. moment, you know. Do you always get the blues on I get, holidays? It's a great question. I get yes is the short answer, but I also get like, I just get expectation. I think I've talked about this in previous (laughs) Christmas specials. Like I get like frustrated with expectations that aren't met Mm -hmm. or I get, which is weirdly enough, almost counterintuitively enough easier this year. Like it's not that bad this year because I have zero expectations. Yeah. Super low expectations. Yeah. And frankly, like it just, this is just kind of, uh coincidental but like most of the things that are really important to me are super possible this year like taking my kids to christmas parties is not a thing i care about Mm -hmm. but taking my kids to drive around and look at christmas lights to like do other things i don't know like uh, we have plenty of to watch every like this year we've been watching i think we've already watched like maybe eight christmas movies over the course of like two weeks at like We are watching every Christmas movie we can get our hands on. And that just makes me really happy. But the flip side of that is if there's a Christmas movie I really wanted to watch and we didn't get a chance to, 
then I'm going to be frustrated. You'll about be that. crying in a corner. <laughs> I'll just be grumpy. Like the reality of me versus Charlie Brown is I'm mad, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and which is just really like superficial sadness, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I think Charlie Brown shows some of that too, right? Like some, some grumpiness in that mm-hmm. show. Ugh. Man, I'm just going to say I really love this show. I just love it. I love I love this special. It is by it is my all time favorite Christmas special, and mm-hmm. the truthfulness of it is what I love. And as even as we're talking, I'm like picking up on other things, which is like the way it broadens Charlie Brown's perspective throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. It's real. You mentioned how short it is. It is an incredibly short thing, but it's, it's very short. It's stunning how dense it is. Like, mm-hmm. there is a lot there to think about. Even when they spend five minutes of it with them doing goofy dances. <laughs> for yeah. no, literally no reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's wild. It's so crazy. Yeah. Anyway, the short answer to the question of the segment is it's for everyone. Every number yes. should watch it. Is, can we think of another? I think the flip question of the segment, which we should probably always ask, is, is there any number this is not good for? No. I can't think of one either. No. Everyone should watch it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right. Well, you want to move on to our next show? Movie? Yes. Our next movie is called Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle is a new film from the Netflix Corporation. The Netflix. And uh, it's directed... By David E. Talbert. I feel like I have to do like a little little spiel at the beginning. Yeah, just in case anyone doesn't know what it is since it just came out this year. So, yeah, Jingle Jangle is I think the way that people would know about this is it is a it is sort of like a musical that is big on representation of people of color. Mm -hmm. That's the big like set apart thing. Shouldn't be a set apart thing, but it is. It just happens to be like the only Christmas special that if you're black, you're going to see yourself in it. And if you're white, you're going to see yourself in like that old dude who hangs (laughs) from the bank. (laughs) The old guy from the bank. Yeah. I found that refreshing, extremely refreshing. In particular, the musical style of this Mm -hmm. musical, I was here for like it was so fascinating and fun and interesting to me. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Well, our first segment for this one, describe that in nine words. Okay, here it is. Inventor's life's work is stolen, making him a recluse. Wow. Okay. That's good. <laughs> okay. What's yours? What's yours? I'm feeling thing? less confident in mine now. Okay, here's what it is. Can we just clarify the nine words? It doesn't have to like make a sentence, right? No, mine doesn't. Mine okay, lo- starts with inventor's life's work is stolen. There's no <laughs> okay. articles there. Journey tries to connect with grandpa, math, and magic. And. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love how you're, you interpreted it as a story about Journey. I and did. I interpreted it as a story about Mr. Grandpa. Jangle. Is that what they call him? <laughs> um, Grandpa Jangle? Geronicus. Geronicus Jangle. Is that Jangle. his name? I should yeah. pull up the, the cast. 
Yeah, I came. So I, I came prepared. <laughs> um, no, that's good. I like that. I so, mean, it is more. I, I don't know. Is it more about the grandpa or the granddaughter? It's kind of about them both. I mean, yes, it's about both for sure. I mean, so what <laughs> the the big thing people need to know is like his apprentice betrays him by stealing a toy that he made and all of his life's work in terms of like plans for other toys and stuff. And basically Geronicus becomes disillusioned mm-hmm. with life, with the world mm-hmm. and the, and the, it's pretty brutal. It's a He's pretty br- brutal from opening. His family. Well, the crazy thing that happens is immediately after his like wife dies Mm-hmm. And then he basically sends away his daughter because he's too depressed. Yeah. And he makes her feel like probably this is her fault a little. He's just yeah. basically not it's in a good dark. place. Yeah. Yeah. And so he makes some massive missteps there. Mm-hmm. Can I just say that Ricky Martin plays the little toy? I just feel like I need to say that. Thank you for saying that. I I didn't realize that was Ricky Martin until Jennifer said so. It's Ricky Martin. That's just fun. Yeah, that is fun. <laughs> the little, yeah, the little bullfighter toy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a, sort of a non sequitur. But anyway, it's a, it's a beautiful story. I teared up a number of times, personally. It was exciting. <laughs> I'm really excited for you. It's exciting when I feel tears. Okay, so next segment. Remember. Let's type the people in this all right let's start at the bottom and move up okay all right so what do you think about his his gustafsson his little accomplice that betrays him keegan michael key yeah keegan michael key's character i have strong feelings (laughs) i have strong feelings about this one actually i i I pegged him right off the bat and it Mm -hmm. may have colored my view of him for the rest of the thing yeah but from the start he's got (laughs) some plans and he is ruminating on those plans and how awesome it's gonna be and when those expectations which are not particularly reasonable Mm -hmm. (laughs) fall apart he is destroyed and he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's really mm-hmm. in his feelings about it. And literally, like, I think even in the moment that he, like, it kind of paints it like he was shoved off by Jeronicus in a mean mm-hmm. way. But the reality is, I think Jeronicus was, like, rightly focused on something else. Like, it was not really fair of Gustafsson to expect <laughs> the attention that he wanted in that moment. Yeah. It was just, oh, he was so I in his head. I think I see where you're going with this. So I am going with four on Gustafsson. Yeah. yeah. I won't argue. I I felt like, and we can talk more about his interaction with other characters that reinforces that, particularly Ricky Martin's <laughs> bullfighter dude. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I thought that was really, oh, and there's a moment at the end that we're going to talk about. It's so beautiful and so gut-wrenching that I can't wait, but. Yeah, I think he's a four. Okay. I'm really interested in typing the lady who I don't remember what her character's name is, but she's just throwing herself at <laughs> Geronicus the entire time. I know what movie. this is, right? This is not hard. I I don't know. This is a two. Like oh, full on a two. I was two. afraid you were gonna say that. It, how is but it not? She is so bold. I would never 
She's very bold, but this is important based on our first conversation. Oh, she yeah. knows what he needs. She knows exactly what he needs. That There's some co- listen. I had issues with consent problems in this. Like she was really, yes, way too. And forward. there were a couple times when I was like, "This is a children's movie, right?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's she like was, undressing him. Also, do twos. Is there something we can make into a being about being an Enneagram 2 that she's followed around by three dudes that just sing choruses for her? Those three dudes are freaking hilarious. They're the best. That's my life experience every single day. What is that? What does that represent? Well, I think twos generally try to, like, make ourselves – attractive and likable not necessarily Mm. just in like a romantic way but like we want people to like us Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and twos can be really good at it so she's just got her little entourage her entourage of people who like her don't want to be alone either oh that's good yeah i also feel like part of it is may just be like a representation of geronicus's head like because she knows what he needs, she can leave, but it's still ringing. Like everything she said, like those people usually pop out after she's gone, right? Mm. And and it's still like ringing in his head. Like I guess I do kind of need someone to love me. Yeah. <laughs> I think Edison and Journey are like the only other characters before Geronicus, probably, and Gus. We already talked Gustafson. Gustafson. <laughs> you cannot Gust- say his name. Gustafson. <laughs> Journey and her mom, but I don't, we don't we don't really know anything about yeah, Journey's the mom, mom. Yeah, she's not in it that much. Journey's interesting, right? She she is... sings a lot about being a misfit and outcast, mm-hmm. not being a part of things, and yet she's very. Like, she's super optimistic. Yes. And, like, positive. Yes. And she's always, like, focusing on the positive flip side. And she doesn't lose faith easily. Right. I read her as a two, personally. Oh. Yeah. And she is very, like, she's determined to, like, have a relationship with her grandpa. There were other numbers I would have pegged her as if when her grandpa pushed back, she would have cared. Mm-hmm. But like she is like a Labrador retriever in that way. Like she yeah. does not care when he See, doesn't want to be around her. I do think that a two would care. A two would well, care? Well, a two would care in the sense of that would hurt our feelings, but we may <laughs> not stop trying. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't feel like her feelings were her ever, really. No, it didn't. But when I was watching, I was like, my feelings would be hurt by that. Yeah. I would be traumatized a little bit. So she's an eight. Maybe. That's what it is, because she's like in his corner. Mm -hmm. She's advocating for him. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But I think like, and because the, the eight goes to two insecurity, like, I think just like. Yeah. She's just, I mean, she's a child, but it is a movie about, like, magic and stuff. So I think she's a fully 
realized, integrated, <laughs> developed. Full, fully mature eight. Yeah. Yes. She is she does have that trope of like the fully mature child in a mm-hmm. in a movie that fixes yeah. that fixes the adult, which is yes. like a who knows how problematic that can be, but like Yeah. It was magical to watch anyway. Yeah. She's she's an inspiration. Yes. Can we all be journey? Oh yes. man. Do you ever feel like eights are inspirations? As a two? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess we talked a lot about Are this. Are you kidding we? me? I have so much admiration for eights. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Because of the way that she can, she's just going after, like, what she wants, which mm-hmm. is just, like, this relationship with her grandpa, and she doesn't get her feelings hurt along the way. Yeah. I would. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. We can go, we can do this really quick, but Delacroix, who's like the white banker guy. <laughs> I, I don't know want, what his type is. I just is. want to say he's a six. Okay. The, the funniest moments to him, for me about him is that it, the funniest moment is just at the end when he's like, you can just have every bit of money that we ever have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he I just know. literally writes him a blank check yeah. based on that one toy. And that's mm-hmm. it. And it's just so funny to me. You think it's a just, six would do that, though? Yeah. Well, that's a once risky he's, move. It's, it's called a flip from being – what's the – it's a flip. He flips from being uh, – Counterphobic to counter, phobic? Counterphobic to phobic, which I think some sixes do with people. Like sixes will either really hate you or really freaking love you. That, mm-hmm. is, the, that is the switch. And mm-hmm. when that switch flips, you feel it. And that was – a hundred percent what happens. And he's also like, he's a banker. His whole job is to like make things possible, support mm-hmm. things, support the community, whatever. But just, I couldn't stop thinking like, that's not how banks work. Man. No. Like, like you just no, but you yeah. just don't like pour, you just don't like give money to people because they inspire you mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Yeah. But there, you also, flying isn't a real thing, but they do that. In that movie, so. Well, look, certain numbers. Let's talk okay. about the number that can make that possible. Eights. If anyone can fly. <laughs> eights or threes, man. Or eights sevens. can bust through walls and say, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Jeronicus Jangle. What number is he? You're He's holding five. up five. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. And this a thousand percent. A million percent. And before, percent. before you shot down my Charlie Brown theory, I was so excited that we were going to have an all five episode here because between Charlie Brown's Christmas and Jingle Jangle, I was so struck by like the value of fives in the world, which is something that I think I could have used a little help on because I just don't know a lot of fives. Mm. I don't have a lot of interactions with fives. I know enough for the both of us. I mean, the problem here is that a lot of his fiveness comes out in his problems Unhealthy. in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unhealthy. And it's intense, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. He obviously, like, secluded. Like, he's he's going down the levels of five and, <laughs> yeah. like, alienated himself from his family. He, like... Gave up on his career and, well, I don't know that he super had a choice about that, but he just, he stopped trying and then, and he, he super was had mean. a choice. Yeah. I mean, he lost 
he lost stuff he'd done in the past. He didn't lose yeah. anything he could do in the future, right? To- right. Yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is I understand why he did that. But Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And he he was mean. Mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I think like a lot of the hangups he had were, were around competence and just wanting to feel mm-hmm. competent. It, he he struck me as like someone who just doesn't want to do something unless it's going to work out. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is where Journey comes in. Yeah. As an eight who is a person of action, mm-hmm. person of getting things it would, done. It would make sense though if Journey was a two because of how a heart type could like bring him out of his shell you know that's true i i think i think she was at two a lot right i think Mm -hmm. she was at at her what was it it's the it's like the the security the security you need to brush up on your (laughs) enneagram i should have like read a textbook real quick (laughs) before we started No, I think like her being in security, we talked about her being like supernaturally mature. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that she would be like an eight always in security in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which really works out, I think. Yeah. Except when they were in that um, situation where they're in some wagon in a fire. <laughs> She's in stress in that moment. Where do eights go in stress? Uh, five. Yeah, perfect. Okay. That's what she does. She like does a freaking scientific formula in her oh, head. Oh, that's so true. It's she amazing. Does. Well, her and Andronicus, both they do some math real quick and yeah, they get out of math a fireball. And magic, just like yep. I said. Yep. Yep. That scene was pretty intense and I really enjoyed it. It was intense. Yeah. All right, Edison. I wanted to save him for last because I just think he's like literally a carbon copy of Geronicus. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I feel like he represents what Geronicus could be. Or what uh, he used to be as a kid. Yes, yes. Very well said. His younger self. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) There's a moment at the very end of the episode. Episode. There's a moment at the very end of the movie Mm -hmm. where... Like the robot, the stupid robot. Which should mm-hmm. we type the robot? I really don't like this robot. Yeah, let's type the robot. I don't trust it. Why not? <laughs> oh, we didn't even type the Ricky Martin character. <laughs> well, let's okay. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We got to do Edison. Then we got to do the robot. Then we got to do. Ricky then the Martin. okay, good. All right, Edison is a five. Mm-hmm. We already said that. Yeah, but we were, there's a moment we were where getting he's there. floating up. When uh-huh. Buddy is floating and everybody's floating and mm-hmm. Edison comes in and starts floating. And mm-hmm. Jennifer and I just both started crying. And I Aww, can't tell you why. That's I so don't, sweet. I don't understand why I cried in that moment. You but cried it was, because Edison was also floating? Yeah. He like he came in mm-hmm. and he saw that it was working and he got really happy and he started floating up to Geronicus. Mm-hmm. There's something deeply resonant about that image. Mm. And I don't know what it was. When you are, (laughs) I'm being serious. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When, no, I'm really, I feel like it's when you are struggling to believe in something Mm. and then you see the faith of the people around Mm -hmm. you and it like lifts you up. That's really good. 
And it was Is that yeah. what it was? Well, yeah, and yes, especially when it's Geronicus, right? Like mm-hmm. freaking Geronicus is right in front of your eyes, floating in midair. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is the dude who said for years that they were not at they were a pawn shop, right? Like yeah. they're not a toy store. They're a pawn yeah. shop. None of this is real. None of this matters. Life is pointless and everyone is a jerk, mm-hmm. right? And like all of a sudden Very the cynical. thing that Edison like felt was true is proven to be true. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that part was just really beautiful, and mm-hmm. I loved it, and I would yeah. like to see more parts like that. <laughs> it is kind of like a scene where it's he's reconnecting with his childhood. Like, yes. Edison represents his childhood yes. that was lost, and all of his hopes and dreams and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, let's talk about Buddy. Buddy. Okay, here's the question. I don't trust that what, robot. What type would be like... I only work if you believe in me. <laughs> I need you to believe in me. Buddy's a four. Before- <laughs> Buddy. I think he's a four. I mean, I, maybe I'm just my Or a three. I can see a three. The affirmation of Okay, people. which brings us to Don Juan Diego. Yes. The Ricky it Martin does. doll, who is yeah. full of three. Yes. Full on. Full unhealthy the three. The worst. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. So this is really interesting. Can fives only create three robots? <laughs> what a question. <laughs> That's or what I think. are all robots threes? All robots threes or all threes robots? Same question, really, when you think about it. <laughs> Who's to say? Oh, man. We just lost one ninth of our audience. Yeah. Threes, tweet at us. <laughs> Tell us you're not a robot. Yeah. It kind of works if you think about it. In a way, it's like you do the you know, the pre-programmed mm-hmm. thing you're supposed to yeah. do. Oof. Sorry, Yikes. guys. That sorry. Felt, that felt unbecoming of us. <laughs> yeah. to say. I mean, this is just he's a he's a very unhealthy three. He's a yeah. very You're not talking about Don Juan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Buddy's the integrated three, maybe. Mm. Not really. I don't know about that. Well, the thing about Buddy is he just says what everyone else says. He never says anything else. He only yeah. repeats other people's lines, which He's a mirror ball. He's a mirror as ball. Taylor Swift would put it. <laughs> yeah, totally. We'll we'll have an episode on the Taylor Swift soon. So, mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Man, that was a fun typing people and characters. It was. Like, that went on for a while, too. Typing people and characters. And things. And things. And robots. Like the people in this thing. Life advice through the lens of the Enneagram is our next segment. All right. So let's give some life advice through the lens of the Enneagram. Honestly, the life advice is just let Journey do her thing. (laughs) You have yourself a magical little girl. Yeah. Appreciate what you have. Yeah. I think that's good. I think the question is for Gustafsson, right? Oh, yeah. He I think some help. He needed some. Okay. 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 <laughs> now I want to talk about the end of the movie. Okay. He hands Gustafsson a, what's it? What was it? A stabilizer. The thing he needed all the time. I right? don't remember, honestly. He hands him like a little gyroscopic stabilizer. 
Okay. And it's the thing that would have kept his little whirly girl from <laughs> <laughs> from from flying all over the place like a loser toy. Mm-hmm. And that toy, I what number is that toy? Man, I'm struggling <laughs> to the flying. You know, <laughs> you know, Gustafsson's trademark toy. The okay. one that he believed in from the very yes. beginning. But when he finally released it, it literally almost killed people. Like almost severed a lady's head. Right. Okay. So he hands him this this gyroscopic sta- stabilizer when he's getting taken. This is so mean of of Geronicus, but he's literally he's getting he's getting carried out by the cops mm-hmm. to go to jail. And <laughs> He says, "Oh, you might, this might be useful to you," and he hands him the gyroscopic stabilizer, and he says these heartbreaking words that so something like, "So much, you could have had so much if you only were willing to wait a mm, little bit." Yeah, and that hit me so hard. The yeah. way that we try to rush things, us fours, we try to rush our hopes and dreams and our expectations, making them happen. Yeah. And we often end up ruining everything just yeah. because we couldn't wait. Yeah. You know, it's a thing. And yeah. that's like, that's the five, that's the five thing I've, I've, I have known fives who have served that role for me, who mm-hmm. have said, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. Well, and, but it can also, go wrong for fives because they can wait yeah. too long for yeah. they can just wait forever for I loved this about the movie is that they allow both of them to have a little bit of a moment like that where mm-hmm. like the, it's it's it reminds me a lot and I think we talked about this on a Patreon episode or something with Hamilton but mm-hmm. the Hamilton Aaron Burr I was just thinking about that. Yeah, it's that it's the same dynamic where the it's Burr like the Hamilton thing where yeah. Burr is like wait. Wait for stop it. Stop talking and Hamilton's like no. Nope. I got I'm not going to not going to miss my shot. And yep, Gustafson's the same way. Shot. Yeah. The problem is like you got to be able to see if there's going to be other shots. Yeah. And is this the best one to take, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It's a good moment. And I think that would have been like great advice for Gustafsson to get mm-hmm. like back in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Dude, just wait. Just wait. Mm-hmm. So and and there is the the dual influences of Gustafsson, which is really interesting to me. He's got literally like the, the angel and the devil on the shoulder and mm-hmm. in a way. And but the problem, of course, is that Jangle isn't on his shoulder. He's out there somewhere. He's not saying anything to Gustafsson. He's kind of, he is, he is in that moment distracted, but also just big picture. You get the sense that he's slightly distant, which is classic five. Mm-hmm. And so there's a feeling like if a five cannot be distant for a four, then he can be really valuable, but there can be also be this really bad thing with threes where threes can really inspire a four to go for it in a way that is not super helpful. If mm-hmm. they're, if they're not super like mature and if they're greedy little greed monsters with <laughs> no ethics. Yep. Poor ethics. Also that Don Juan character, his biggest fear was being mass produced. Mm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. 
That is interesting. I don't know what advice. What advice do you give a toy whose biggest fear is being mass produced? Just get over it. You're a toy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if there's anybody out there who relates to that problem, get over it. You're a toy. You're a toy. You're a toy. Yep. Our next segment, it's called... Who the bleep is this for? Who the bleep is this for? I think it's definitely for fives. Yeah. Twos. Eights. Fours. Fours. Threes. Who's it not for? Maybe nines. I think think everyone would like it. Are we going to say that about everything? What? That every every number would like it. it. (laughs) What do you think? Do you think there's any number that wouldn't like it? I don't think so. I mean, I I keep coming back to like, I feel like we haven't talked a lot about ones and sixes. Mm -hmm. And I I do think maybe ones would be like, this is a waste of time. Potentially. Potentially. An unhealthy one, maybe. Yeah. Could be. Like, this isn't even real math. (laughs) (laughs) The square root of impossible. That is not correct. I did lose my mind at that song. That that line, I just did not. <laughs> I couldn't go there. Like that's not a thing. Like the square square root of impossible. You're. I don't want you to make any big decisions based on this math principle you think you've discovered. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. Is that it's it's all fantastical. Like yeah, it's not yeah. real. There's a yeah. flying talking robot. <laughs> so <laughs> number three robot. Enneagram three robot. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. All right. Well, that was fun. Is there anything else we need to do before we go? We want to we want to talk about what we're talking about next week, right? Okay. So next week we're going to be talking about Taylor Swift, her two albums that she has released this year, and the Disney Plus documentary about the making of folklore, which I forgot what it's called. It's called the Lake Pond Sessions. Is that what it's called? I don't know. If you go on Disney Plus and you see Taylor Swift's face, click on it. Or just search for Taylor Swift. And watch it. Yeah. And Um, that's what we're going to be talking about. That's right. And if you go to patreon.com slash nochillpodcast, you can become a Patreon there. We will be doing some fun things. You can help us decide what you want. Let's just put it this way. Let's put it this way. First of all, we're going to have some surveys to help us decide what to listen to or what to talk about, what to watch and talk about. Mm -hmm. But also, if you were to be a Patreon and you were to send us a message. Patron. A patron member. A Patreon member. Period. If you were to become a patron. patron. And then you were to send us a a message through Patreon and we were to see that message and it said, you guys should do this. We're going to think about it. And we're and that's not think true. Long and hard about it. That's not true for people who <laughs> don't pay us money. Exactly. So just know that. Yeah. We want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. A Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. If you celebrate <laughs> things other than Christmas. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa Boxing Day. Boxing Day. I think that's all of them. Etc. Etc. Be safe and be smart. And oh yeah, don't yeah, wear a mask. Wear a mask. We should say that at the end. Don't of every get together episode. with large groups of people. 
I can't really tell you what to do. But (laughs) (laughs) I do hope that you have a good Christmas. We are going to. Richard, I hope you have a good Christmas. Oh, thank you so much. I hope you have a good Christmas. Thanks. We're going to. Uh, we'll probably record before Christmas, but we won't see. Obviously, like people will be listening to this right before Christmas, and so they mm-hmm. won't hear us. Our next episode will be next week from when you're hearing this. Is that right? Yes. Is that what we're planning on? So, yes. and we'll be doing weekly episodes. That's exciting because we haven't done that in a long time, Bethany. We never have. We'll see how it goes. We have never done weekly before. <laughs> we will see how it goes. I feel like we yeah. maybe started weekly and almost died and no, pulled back. No, we, we didn't ever, okay. I don't think. Well, we're going to see how it goes. They're going to be shorter than you're mm-hmm. used to, but they will be good. And finally, occasionally we will have guests, but not all the time. So don't mm-hmm. count on it, guys. Yeah. Don't write us letters. But... If you're a famous person who wants to come on our show and talk about another show, yeah, let's do it. Especially yeah. if you're someone we like. Oh my gosh, you are sounding so gross right now. If you're a famous person, if you're not, we never want to speak to you. Correct. <laughs> Take that, Gustafsson. Yeah. And Buddy. Yeah. All you do is fly and repeat people's lines. Yeah. No Chill Enneagram is an Area Code production. It is hosted by Richard Clark and Bethany Perkins. Look, Richard's a four. He needs your affirmation. And Bethany's a two. She needs your love. Follow us and send us your thoughts on Twitter at No Chill Enneapod and Instagram at No Chill Enneagram. Okay, these are my kids. Atticus, can you tell us first hi, which Atticus. of? Can you say hi? Hi! Oh wow! Um, Atticus, I would like to know which of the characters in Charlie Brown Christmas you most related to. Like, was you? Which of the characters was you? Snoopy. Snoopy. Why Snoopy? Really funny. He's funny. Oh, they're both funny. That's the only character, but that's fun. That's fun. You didn't relate to Charlie Brown? Really? He shaked his head, no. All right, Flannery, which character did you feel like you were most like? Flannery. Flannery's two years old right now. Um, Charlie Brown. Chris. Um, Chris. Uh, did you, you, you felt like you, you were most like Charlie Brown? I'm sorry. What's your favorite character? Um, Snoopy. <laughs> Snoopy. <laughs> I'm so surprised. We love Snoopy. All right. Charlie Brown was really sad in that movie, remember? Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you have any advice for Charlie Brown in that show? Who should he be more like? <laughs> Snoopy. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> well done. That was a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was. This is an Area Code podcast.